Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Motherfucking detox, motherfucking icons, and you are listening to Flame One. Bye. Wherever you go, I can always follow. I can feed this real slow. Welcome to Filemo and I am Brian the Bear. I am here with our best cast members. The ones that could show up. The ones who are not incapacitated for whatever reason. Medical reasons. Oh, girl. So, uh, I got Oral. Hi, everyone. Jared. Bonjour. And Pat. What, what? For a little bit. Before he runs off to do adventures and stuff and bear things. Adventures in... Bear be sitting. <laughs> I like that one. So Bear after after Pat leaves, it's just going to be Brian and Oral talking. Oh, you're, you're being forced to talk. This. God damn it! Yeah, no, yes. I want somebody to contribute. Yes. All right. So we so want so. our listeners to hear what your voice sounds like for more than like a millisecond at a time. Just that shadow in the corner. Oh. <laughs> well, we're going to jump right in and talk about New York Comic Con, and then we're going to go do some fun television stuff. Uh, Pat and I went to New York Comic Con what a couple weeks ago now. Had an amazing trip. Got to go to the con. I helped out with Geeks Out for a little bit on Thursday. How is everyone? I uh, didn't see anybody I knew. Jono and Joey were off doing whatever they do. I did meet Patrick. Actually, mm-hmm. I've talked to him a few times. Uh, he was really sweet. Uh, everybody else was, was nice. Uh, it was fun. We got to you know basically share the word of good geeky stuff at the con. Gay geeky stuff, I should say. Uh, I actually met someone off Tumblr. Uh, who hopefully may collaborate with us in the future. We'll see. Um, and what else did we do? On Oh, we went to the Geeks Out panel that night. We did. And uh, that was fun. It was the Times Out panel um, that was put together by Jamie Fay of Drumfish Productions, who we met two Megacons ago. And uh, we keep running into him and uh, Rich Bernatovich. He had to teach me how to say his last name because it's spelled just about exactly how it sounds. 
Um, but Jamie, I know, works for the New York Times as well. Uh, so they helped put that panel together and Geeks Out, I know, helped to promote it and, uh, I, I believe put some, put some of it together as well. They had a really nice turnout. They had Phil Jimenez. Ooh. Uh, who else did they have? Uh, Gillen, Karen Gillen, and uh, Jamie McKelvey as allies. Oh, sweet! I don't think they're gay, but they're allies. They're certainly. allies. And a couple other artists. One from, uh, I believe, Argentina, who is doing some Spider-Man stuff online. Um, and uh, a trans... Uh, oh, gosh, we should have probably looked this up ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> He's... Wow. Uh, well, the uh, the Argentinian... Um, and it was also... He has done coloring for... Neverminds, which is the Drumfish Productions comic. That's Jamie and Rich's um, their their original comics. I know he's done the coloring for that, and I wish I could remember his name right now, and I really can't. Nice, really nice little cub. Really, really, and I didn't even think about the fact that he was gay. He has a Wonder Woman tattoo on his arm, and I was like, I didn't even. It, it looked kind of painted on, so I didn't want to. I was questioning oh, whether man, or not it was it was real, but. Um, so it was fun, and then during the day, of course, we ran out of the show. Show is insane. We saw our friends um, Danny Haas, Charles Thurston, Ryan Brown. Uh, we, I talked to Greg Pack and uh, Fred Van Lenty about their book, Making Comics Like the Pros. I actually got a copy of it, finally. Um, Signed Brown, by both of them. Yeah, we, yeah, they were really sweet. Ryan Brown actually had his little... From uh, God Hates Astronauts, he had the little 3D cowboy figurine. Okay. And that was cool, so I picked up one of those. We saw Kate Leth. Kate Leth was there. She's doing the new Fraggle Rock and the new Edward Scissorhand books, Mm -hmm. both of which are fantastic. Very much so. Very thrilled that she's doing cool stuff like that uh, that I love. And um, There were lines everywhere. Oh, it was ridiculous. I don't even know what lines were for. There just were lines. Uh, There was um, the Viz booth. Mm Mm-hmm. Was there? There was Sailor Moon stuff. There was videos playing, and there was a line. No clue what it was for. Could have been for merchandise. Were they selling the Sailor Moon purse that looks like a vagina? <laughs> Whoa! I didn't know about this. <laughs> uh huh. There's a. If you look it up, there's a Sailor Moon purse that on the outside is you know like a, a cool like little pink purse, but when you open it up, the 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 inside of the, the lining is like this kind of like velvet like crushed. Red, gray drapes. It it looks like beef cur- uh, curtains galore. Beef curtains, yeah, pastrami curtains. Oh, <laughs> boy, <laughs> no offense to our lesbian listeners. I'm no, sorry. That's all for you. Um, we uh, God, there was some great cosplay, some good crossplay. Pat grabbed some pictures that day, and we posted them up. I believe they're up on the Flame On Facebook page. Some great st- uh, steampunk Wonder Woman. Mm. We had um, the. Well, we had the steampunk one with the the crazy blue contacts, and then we had um, a guy and a girl both dressed up. The girl was dressed up more as like vintage uh, Wonder Woman, you know, bathing suit, the whole nine. And then the guy had more of like the armor, like kind of the newer Wonder Woman yeah. style outfit. So, and possibly one of my favorite costumes we actually saw at the geeks or the panel. Uh, there was a crossplay uh, Sailor Moon and Tuxedo Mask, and. <laughs> In Demio, <laughs> it was pretty. Um, Sailor was a little trashy, but uh, and Demian looked good, or Sailor, whatever. Yeah, well, well, Sailor Moon was uh, a very gay Asian. <laughs> the definite the, the word Gaysian is made for this guy. They were super nice. They were actually. I spent. 
probably longer than I should have we chatting with the, them. At the end, like they almost kicked us out. Yeah, they were cleaning out the, uh, the the room, and I went over and asked for a picture and was talking to them, and and they were really cool. I was telling them your story about Oral, um, how you wanted the moon stick, the crescent moon stick, mm. and you couldn't and you didn't get it, and they they had to get it from Amazon and. It cost them a little bit, but yeah, it did. Yeah. It didn't nice. light up and make noise, but it was really pretty, and it okay. was heavy. It was hefty. Very solid. Yeah. See, no, I, I, I saved up my money, and when my mom took me to Kmart one day, I bought one, but she didn't know I bought it, and I ripped up that receipt real quick. And she's like, "What's this?" I'm like, "Too late." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so the other big exciting thing about that trip, I mean, we had we did a lot of good stuff. We had a lot of fun. Uh, some friends of ours are up there. Pat's family's up there. We had a great time. We went to a recording of Ask Me Another. Did you feel stupid? No, man. I could have competed. That's the thing. It's, that's what pisses me off. I, Pat even told me to compete, and I totally could have done well. I don't know if I would have won because the they got hard at the end, but it was like all like sort of superhero-y and sort of... It was very, yeah, it was very themed for, for Super Week. Okay. And the the last question, which knocked out three contestants in the final round, I wanted to go up and bitch slap all of them because <laughs> it was double words and oh. it was um, some clue about like this this song for oh. um, Billy Idol. I, I, I think I listened to that episode. Not, and, nope, not no, that it hasn't. It hasn't aired this yet. This is what surprised us. Oh, so so I'm sorry. The the so yeah. So it was it was the the whatever '80s song that was a hit for for Billy Idol. And it was money, money. Yeah. And three people. And it was like, kids, you, you should be at an age. And they were at, they should have been at an age where they would have known that. Yeah. And it was just like, and you're out, and you're out, and you're out. And then yeah. the guy that won got it, and that was it. And, um, and the guy that won was actually a little bit older. Um, so, no, what I was surprised by, because we thought, I mean, you know, we, the way we do this show, we record on a Monday, usually the following Friday, Pat has record, edited and done all the production stuff. And yes, we are not an NPR production. However, this show takes, they say, on average about a month, I believe, from recording to air. So they will not be airing until like mid-November. Wow. I know. I was shocked, too. Yeah, November 14th is the air date. And if you if you listen to it, <laughs> when there's audience cheering and you hear, woo, 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 that was me. Okay. <laughs> so listen for Jabberjaw and... Uh, <laughs> um, no, Neil Gaiman was a special guest, or the the very important puzzler, and he was uh, very cool. Um, what's his name? Uh, Jonathan Colton, of course. I'm a huge fan. Pat is now a huge fan. Uh, like, was the, he's the musical uh, part of the show? Huge and is subjective. I'm kidding. I'm uh, kidding. He um, he did a thing with Neil. We all know who Neil, of course, is here. Uh, if you don't, he's a great author. And yes, because we know him by a first name basis. Neil, yes. Just <laughs> I mean, Neil. now Pat does. Pat and Brian. Well, <laughs> they lunched with him. We did. <laughs> no, it wasn't like a Glenn Weldon experience. The Russian tea room. <laughs> he didn't take us to breakfast or anything. However, we did get pictures. Uh, they did Creepy Doll, but uh, Jonathan Colton playing the song and Neil like like uh, reciting it like a poem. So that was cool. That was really cool for me. Um, I really enjoyed that. But yeah, we did get to meet him afterwards. We met Ophira, who is super awesome. Like not only if you if you don't listen to the extras on the show, like they have a podcast version, you don't you miss all her like warm up pod like her warm up. But she comes out and does like a little comedian like you know warm up set, and it's really funny. She is really really funny. 
They've only released that once. They've oh, only done it one time. one time. But yeah, if you don't subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, you should, or at least go to their website more frequently. Because in addition to every Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday it comes out, the episode drops, and a lot of times they'll do um, extended stories, they'll do segments they had to cut, because it's a two-hour taping. It's not, you know, it's a 40-minute episode or 42-minute episode on air. They record for two hours, and it pretty much is two full hours. Yeah. So it gets, you know, a lot of it gets left on the cutting room floor, so they'll take, you know, like the creepy doll may actually be... A, uh, an extra that comes out right before the episode drops. Um, I may have pulled out my phone and tried to record it, so I may actually have audio of that. <laughs> That'd be cool. Even though, you know, the ushers came by when they saw my phone out and they were like... Oh, did they really? I was like, no, 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 I'm just putting it away. It's all right. Oh, I didn't know that. It's fine, it's fine. Well, I saw them go up and talk to one chick and I didn't know if she. Was, I didn't know what she was doing. So. Yeah, I guess they don't want any recording. It, mostly, I think it's more because they don't want it to interfere with the sound in the room and because that's even the point where in uh in the opening piece of it they they make sure to tell you they tell everybody don't whisper the answers don't even whisper the answers because people hear people can hear the acoustics in the room it it depends but you know it it hopefully will get some of those extras um and we may in fact have an interview coming up with ophira she was very receptive to it and we are in currently scheduling it. She is obviously very busy, and our initial date that we had planned for the recording has to be changed because now she hasn't asked me another uh, retreat to go on, and she's not sure if she would be available afterwards, either if they go to dinner or, right. you know, if you're doing stuff all day, you may not be the most fresh-faced and, you know, ready to do a, an interview that night. So we're, we're currently rescheduling. We're going to throw uh, Jonathan Colton a, an email. His schedule is crazy busy, but he was uh, receptive to wanting to be on the show as well. So, yeah, it was really just they couldn't have been nicer. We're very happy to do it, and I'm just so glad we went to that. And it was so. I'll tell you guys this story, and I'll share it with our listening audience as well. So I had to make sure that Brian understood that this does not happen in New York. But we left my my parents' house on Long Island. We celebrated my birthday a week early because I was actually home, and everybody I had a chance to celebrate for the first time in three years with my family and i'm looking at the the travel time like okay we got to go now like traffic is apparently worse than i thought it was going to be we throw everything in the car we leave going on this highway that highway around this way oh google's telling me we found a you know a faster way to go awesome we're gonna do this we get there and it's probably showtime is seven o'clock it's probably about between six forty and six forty five we're making our way to where because normally they they record in Brooklyn they did it at the 92nd Y um, this time around because it was a bigger auditorium and it was closer to where they were doing some other things that for Super Week and uh, we Brian's on his phone looking for parking garages because I knew there was some close by we turn down the block right next to where the building is three or four spaces down from the 92nd and Lex open spot right on the side of the street that doesn't exist. I know. I didn't believe it. I was like, oh, what, oh, what? Oh, there's no, there's no sign. There's no fire hydrant. All right, parallel parking this bitch. Let's go. Put on, pull into the spot. Great. Get into the show. Watch the show. We're standing outside because we're like, well, maybe they'll do something, or maybe they'll come out of the building. We get to say hello, whatever. We we stand out front for 
15, maybe 20 minutes. Because at that point, we're like, okay, they're not coming out here. We'll decide where we're going to go. We turn the corner to go walk the four spaces to our car. And all of a sudden, Brian's like, is that Art Chung, the puzzle guru from Ask Me Another? (laughs) Wait, that is. Oh, there's Ophira. Okay, let's go over here. Apparently, it was like the theater, and there was a stage door, and they came out the side. And there were all these people standing, and we're we're behind this one guy. And we're just we're talking. We're like, okay, well, let's just wait till everybody moves. And then the next thing we realize, the guy in front of us starts talking. Oh, we're standing right behind Jonathan Colton. Yep. Oh, and there's Neil Gaiman right there. Like it just it was the hysterical. Like, well, everybody's just right here. So then we we talked to them for a little bit, and we're like, okay, finally we we go to leave. So we hop in the car, drive downtown. I'm like, hey, you know, I've got friends that are here from Boston that are here for Comic Con. They're going to be going to Jim Bar. Let's go drive down there, and we'll see if we can you know, meet up with them or see where we're going to go from there. So we drive downtown, and uh, basically around the corner from Jim Bar, about three spots in, another parking spot right there on the street. I'm like, son of a bitch. In all the years that I lived in New York and went out to the bars, I've driven for like 20 minutes, half an hour, and still had to walk 10 plus blocks yeah. to go to the fucking bar. Yeah. And this was like... Right around the corner. And I had the same experience when I go to D.C. I mean, the last time I was up there, I parked, you know, 15 minutes walk from where we were eating. And then I forgot where I parked and I had to figure it out with Google and this whole big production. And I was very Two excited. hours later. Yeah, Why don't you just later. drop a pen? All right. You can't do that on your phone. No Honey, more. listen. Yeah, you can. You can. That's Android tech. caught up. Ha! That's the one fact. thing Android finally caught you know, up but with. You know what I realized later? I realized later that Android actually, Google now already does that. And I just didn't know it was there. So anyway, uh, I do want to put two more shout-outs. One, uh, the reason that we went in the first place, I mean, obviously, to see Pat's family, to go to the show, all that. But the reason, like, I even thought about it was Bill Zanowitz from Comic Book Bears, they got a live podcast recording set up at Rock Bar as part of Super Week. We did it right after an interview from the Nerdist panel with Charles Soule. Like, that kind of is the programming that was going on at Rock Bar, of all places. And uh, on Friday night, they had a thing with Bendis. I mean, it was, like, one of the major spots on the the damn Super Week thing, we had a comic book Bears podcast recording there at the bar. And it was a lot of fun. It was the first time any all three of us have been together and recorded. We've been together, like, went to Baltimore Comic Con or whatever. But, like, that was cool. We had audience participation. My friend Clara from high school was up for Comic Con. So she was a, a, con- a contestant in one of the uh, trivia contests thing we did. I mean, like, that was just a cre- really cool experience. And then... Um, Back to the recording. I forgot about this. Dan Harmon from Community had his thing right after they asked me another recording at the same at the, at the Y, and like we're just hanging out out front, and this guy comes out of a it wasn't a limo but whatever, and like starts doing a little jig, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Dan Harmon. I'm glad he can at least board a car service. Oh, I mean, well, that it, show's it, still going, right? It's it, going to be a Yahoo. It wasn't a. Uh, it wasn't a town car. Oh, no, no. It was like somebody. It wasn't Uber Black it SUV. Was, yeah, <laughs> but um, but it was cool. We did miss George Clooney. I guess he was there the day we were there. Yeah, and uh, we missed. Ben, you know, I wanted to see Bendis, but obviously we missed Lucy Lawless. Yes, that she was there a little. She bit. wasn't even like put into a spot where like. All the good celebrities are. She was in the back corner of the floor. Not my Lucy. With, with her and Tony Bennett. No, it was something Bennett, like Momoa Bennett or something like that. I don't know, some guy from Walking Dead, I think. possibly. And I just, we were walking and we saw the sign for Lucy Lawless, and these guys were walking and they were like, "Oh, who else is over there? 
with Tony Bennett? Really, bitch? Can you not read? If you can read Bennett, you could read that it doesn't say Tony up top. However, oh yeah, as we were walking down this last aisle before, oh my God, it was Tony Bennett. No, <laughs> that would have been actually fun. This was no. sort of, just to give you an idea. This is the far end of the show. This is where all the vendors who are like the third or fourth tier, like they're selling little. They had that Yowie vendor who's always at like MegaCon. Mm. They were there. And like all these other little trinkets, there was a cool Doctor Who vendor that I didn't get to really look enough because we were just kind of overwhelmed. Yeah, but it was like all the same yeah, Doctor the same Who stuff, stuff that's at Hurricane Who or any of these right. other ones. But it was like the vendors that like the last ones to get a spot. Mm-hmm. Like it's two weeks out before we need somebody else to fill in. We're gonna put them over in like Road Double Z. Yeah. Um, we walk by this table and there's this banner on the front and it says WWF Legend Bushwhacker Luke. Bushwhacker Luke was there. Oh. But then, sadly, I don't know if the banner was behind him because we were kind of past, past the table at this point. But I see this little sign that says, WWF legend, honky tonk man. And the poor fat honky tonk man just sitting on the folding Sad chair Elvis. right next to the table, like Sad texting, Elvis. texting someone going, what has my life come to? <laughs> I'm now at the point where I imitate Elvis at his death. I was expecting to see a peanut butter and banana sandwich just hanging out the side of his mouth. One of the great things that came out of New York was uh, meeting Cena Grace from Burn the Orphanage, who is a fabulous gay artist. And uh, he had done um, a little little depressed boy as well. Mm -hmm. And um, we interviewed him on the episode previous to this. So if you have not checked that out, go back in our feed. Um, artist and writer because he is right. also a co-writer for Burn the Orphanage yes that's right co-creator with uh, Daniel Friedman yes and um, so he was super awesome uh, I'm actually halfway through or almost a three anyway Not My Bag which is a story of retail hell, hell that he was in before he became a full time creator and that is an awesome interesting like autobiographical look at not just retail hell but being a gay man and trying to j- balance being a gay all your, man in retail basically because those don't exist. I know, right. All right. So New York was awesome, by the way. And uh, hopefully we'll be back soon. Now, let's talk about TV for Past of Jet. We just watched Sailor Moon. Uh, crystal. Silver Crystal or just Crystal? Crystal. Crystal, uh, crystal Meth. And, uh, We're not all just doing Crystal Meth dressed up as Sailor Scouts. That's a great idea, though. That's uh, Halloween next for year. For a party, yeah. No, meth um, Head Sailor Scouts. There was White Trash. Uh, sailors, I think at Dragon Con. That, oh, yeah. um, so we just watched the episode, and this will be spoilers. By the way, we do spoil things on occasion. With two weeks out, it'll be it'll That's be a full true. two weeks out Why before. Why are we spoiling this? The, the series already exists. I know, right? <laughs> it's, this is all a retread, but we just watched. Although this is completely new to people who did not read the manga. Oh no. Well, 25 God. years later, yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm a white boy from America. I didn't know what these things were. So we just watched the episode where they introduced Sailor V. Boop. Sailor Venus. Do they call her Venus? Sailor V. No. because no, no. she's still... Because she's, she's Serenity. She's the moon princess. Yeah, she a lion skank. That's what she is. <laughs> Without the meatballs. With a really bitchy Artemis. Mm-hmm. He is He is really well, bitchy in this the, one. What's the other cat? 
Luna, Luna wasn't as bitchy as the original or the dub. So no, like, oh, she up, uh, she was never bitchy. She, she was, was a condescending starring. old English woman. Yeah, Serena. She was Maggie Smith. Downton Abbey. Yes, but apparently, Artemis was like at least in the dub was kind of like the the goofball that couldn't do anything right. I mean, there's still time for that, but he was really kind of bitchy in this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, you were like saying, good observation. So what you were saying <laughs> earlier, though, and, and I and I kind of understand a little bit now because I watched the end of the first season with you. Like we watched that little yeah, they've uh, just finished Natalia up a uh, fight and all that. They're like almost halfway through the season, and they're almost no wait no they're almost halfway through the first arc, and they're a quarter way through the season, right? They are a quarter of the way through this this new season for the the remake. 26 episodes. 26 episodes. We're eight in at this point. So, yeah, about a quarter of the way through. And, yeah, we're probably about halfway through the first book. Because Sailor Venus gets introduced, and then mm-hmm. it's only, I think, chapter 13 is the Metali- either the introduction of Metallia or the fight. Uh-huh. So you're talking about halfway through this season is where the first book technically ends. Which is so interesting because, again, and spoilers, I, and I know this now, the way they end that first season by basically killing everybody and then re- having them be reborn, like that'd be odd for the middle of a damn like show's season to do. Not necessarily. Like, well, it almost would make it seem like it would flow a little better, like because they don't stay normal girls for long. The mm-hmm. first episode of R, yeah, they Serena much all back. Yeah, okay. Serena gets her memories. They have to give her her memories back in like the first. So this Ten whole minutes of the show, show. Is constantly about them having a life, forgetting their getting killed or whatever, forgetting their memories, and then they come back. Mm, and, not always forgetting their memories. Um, just, that was just a second, <sighs> second like season thing. But uh-huh. usually they die and then they get resurrected. Oh, to, you know, keep fighting the never-ending battle against evil. Because oh, the because R is up on. We just started. Now we're four episodes in R. And I know it's your favorite because it's the Doom Tree and <laughs> the Moonlight Night. Oh, <laughs> I love the Moonlight Night. I miss I'm... the Doom Tree. <laughs> With the little elf people, the yeah. little elf things. Peeblers? <laughs> no. Oh. Let me know. They, they play a flute. When the next one family shows up. Oh. Is that, is that R also? Or... What is that? That's Prince Diamond. Yeah. And... So I that's S then. That's. Or Super no, S. It's, it's it's R into S. Okay. It's that weird in between. Because what I'm realizing... Because S is heart snatchers. Uh, okay. What I'm realizing more and more is that I don't think when I watched it as, during the dub, I watched much of the first series. Mm-hmm. That most of what I watched was The Doom Tree, because I remember Moonlight Night. I must have caught the end of that first season into the second, and then maybe, I guess, some into the heart snatchers. I know I, know I was completely out before Super S. But I also had the VHS movies mm. for R and S. Yeah, I watched so, those. Yeah, yeah, so I think part of what I know from these seasons also is by watching those movies as well, which I guess were kind of the American way to bridge the gap for everything. Well, I don't remember them. Although, I was so tempted to bust out VHSs when we oh. were at my parents' house. <laughs> no. Oh, no. So real quick, back to the um, the Doom Tree and these little elf people. <laughs> <laughs> They're... You're going to love this, actually. So, Bear Bust was last weekend. When we record this, we're now a week, just over a week out from Bear Bust. Addison Taylor 
covered for Gidget Galore because Gidget's day job, they had a homecoming that day, so she couldn't do pool games. So Addison filled in and wore this interesting wig, long wig, I saw. that had blue streaks hey, and pink streaks. Well, our friend Crail from Austin at some point during or after pool games were done because Addison ended up in the in the pool and the wig went somewhere else ended up on Crail's head. Oh, I did see these pictures. And there are pictures that I have not posted uh, that were sent to me from the guy that was taking pictures for us uh, where Crail looks like if you put pointy ears on him he would be one of the guys from... He would be the the boy from Adam. that... What? Adam or what's it, whatever his name Ain is. Or, Ain or Al. Yeah. One's like A-I-N and one's a Ale. Nobody can. But it, I saw it and it so made me think that I want to put pointy ears on him. I'm telling people a lot lately that I want to put pointy ears on them. I said the same thing to Ben De La Creme. Yes. At the end of our interview, which will be hopefully edited and brought put up a little bit later... Um, or you need to just randomly show up at 4 a.m. with us because it's one of these things happen, oh apparently. But at the it's end really of this 30-minute conversation with Ben de la Creme, <laughs> Brian goes, all right, anything else you want to you say? And I was like, Ben, is it wrong if I, sell, if I tell you that I want to... There are times when I want to put pointy ears on you, a green tunic and a green hat, and just have you be Link? And it just led into this whole other conversation about the fact that there apparently are a lot of people that have elf fantasies about Ben de la Creme. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, apparently not makes, just me. It makes a lot of sense when you see him out of drag and you go, oh, you are just a, an adorable little elf man. If you, if, you go ba- if you go back on Logo and you watch any of that season and you watch the confessional. Uh-huh. I can see it now. Yeah, yeah right? And like, maybe the headband helps, too, a little bit? No, he, he needs to be in Santa's workshop. That's that's kind of elf he is. He could. That'd be amazing. An all-drag production of uh, Rudolph red Reindeer. <laughs> especially with the, uh, what's his name? The Misfit? Uh, well, not only Misfit Toys, but um, the elf, the dentist. Oh. Whatever the dentist's name is. You know, the little elf says. Anyway. Um, yeah, that is coming. Uh, we recorded it under the most ridiculous conditions possible. Uh, I hope the audio is good. We're going to do our best. Pat's, Pat's going to do his best. So it was on top of a volcano, on, uh, teetering on a uh, bridge of ice? Close. Okay. Off OBT under the Parliament House sign in front of a gaggle of little, like, kind of uh, Ben de la Creme fans. Yeah. 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old Ben de la Creme fans. Because, especially one of them, and I don't remember his name, but you, I think maybe we, I don't know, really nice guy. and Wesley. He, he was, Wesley. Wesley. He was very... Um, what do you call it? Very like considerate because he knew we were waiting. He was yeah. I was doing my little you know jerk off <laughs> motion. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was very considerate because they had we had thought they were gonna we were interviewing him pretty much. He'd go say hi and then we'd interview him. An hour plus later, we're hanging out in front of Parliament House, just listening to this and at sort of three forty five a.m. and we're exhausted. Pat's beside exhausted, like the whole thing. And he came up. He's like, "I'm really sorry. I know you guys were gonna interview." Da da da. I'm like, "It's cool. We're good." And yeah, but we got it. Yeah, we finally. I, I finally was like, at three forty-five a.m. Was like, you know what? And don't you know, talk to your fans. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And he was like, well, could we just do it here? <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah. And actually, funny. I think the the Jinx Monsoon one was under worse conditions because we were in the courtyard during operating hours, so the music was on. <laughs> yeah. However, I found the setting on my phone where I turned off all the other microphones around it and just have the one. So if you go back and listen to the Jinx Monsoon 
episode that was taped at 11.30 at night on a Sunday night at Parliament House, and it doesn't sound like it at all. Yeah. But anyway, that's coming up uh, probably after this episode if you are catching up and you, you see that in the feed. So let's talk about some more television. Um, or do you have a... Well, well I saw yeah, the book. Yeah, I am disappointed in... What is it? Sword Art Online 2. It's Ooh. just Sword Art. Oh, that came up right after. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. What is you, it? You should watch the first season. Okay. The first half of the first season. You've it's talked great. about this before now. Yeah, it. it's okay. just... they. Now we the can, multiplayer online mm-hmm, sort of. We're yeah. jumping from world to world, and now we're back in this like um, Alfheim online, which is just it's the Norse mythology. Like right. they're fairies, and they go along the world tree, and you know it sounds really cool, but it's not. It's oh. it's not very good. I'm sad. To like hear the that. the Gale Gun part uh, of the story arc was okay. It was better than you know the Alfheim stuff, but they brought us back to Alfheim, and I'm just. I don't know. And I'm still watching Naruto because I hate my life. Yeah, sounds like it. Now, other television stuff. We have a lot of television stuff. Um, Let's start with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because Pat Why? and I... What? Why? It's, it's good. I'm not, I'm not listening to your lies again. I want I'm you to know. I want you to know. I want the audience to know. If you have not given it a chance yet, you need to. It is so much better than last season. If you haven't watched it yet and you want to go back and watch it, do not start from the beginning. Start at least six episodes in, if not 10 to 12 episodes in. You lose the quote-unquote backstory, but you get into actual more Joss Whedon-type stuff. Did you ever watch Dollhouse? Bits and pieces. Did you ever watch Dollhouse? No? Okay. Well, it kind of suffered from the same thing, and Joss Whedon actually wrote that show. Like That was actually his show... Where his name just wasn't on it and his brother and sister-in-law are doing the rest of the the work. Yeah. But Fox did this to him where it was like, okay, we we don't want an overarching storyline. We want standalone episodes. Right. So they had to go in and redo. The pilot got scrapped. They had to redo it. Um, And the first six episodes of Dollhouse are kind of tough to get through. You have to stick it out. And then once you get past that... Then it blossoms into actually being a, a good storyline and all of that. Shield did the same thing when it hit winter break, and that final maybe episode or two as it went into the the break were the, probably the strongest ones so up to that point. And then it closed out the season fairly well. Yes, there are some things that are kind of iffy or cheesy, but they've gone into season two. With that same kind of gusto, and they're moving along at a fairly I mean, decent pace. You've got uh, Hydra is now a big force. I mean, they are. Ba- it's basically Shield and Hydra like fighting it out, and they're both on the run. Well, Shield's on the run really because there's a general chasing him. But this last episode that just aired when we were recording this uh, last week, actually there'll be a new one tomorrow night. Ahead in the Wolf House, they showed Bobby Morse. The pictures that you have seen online of her in this. Do not reveal the whole situation. When she, I'm sorry, we're gonna spoil it. She busts out her sticks. He turns into a fucking giant homosexual. We're on the couch. She comes out. She turns around and goes and starts to to fight them. Busts out the sticks. Yes, comes out of his mouth. I was like, what? What? Oh my god! I really yes. was embarrassed. So I just, I was like, it was just the two of us. And he was still embarrassed. I was really embarrassed. But I, I mean, he's like, yes, bitch, break out the sticks. Like she didn't have her outfit, 
But it's Bobby. It's Mockingbird in all her glory, and I am a. I love Bobby Moore. I love Mockingbird. I love the way they have woven her now into the S.H.I.E.L.D. team. You know, I really, I love how you're trying to win me over with, don't watch the first 12 episodes of a season. (laughs) It was pretty bad. You know what? If you just watch the last two episodes, like after Cap came out, you'll be, you know who's in it now? Mockingbird. I don't give a flying fuck about Mockingbird. I know you may not, but I know other people out there uh, love the Mockingbird. Love her uh, as a as a sort of a not a queer icon, but you know she is a strong, empowered D- female in comics. She well, is. Who? Uh, well, I don't know. Other people. sad little Hufflepuffs like I don't. Oh, anyway. So no, no. Other than that, they are doing this interesting backstory that may or may not lead into Inhumans. That's unclear. What the fuck's going on? But there's some crazy shit going on. It's great. Um, Everybody that they can't use will all turn into Inhumans and they'll all mysteriously show up in this show. Pretty much. Captain Marvel, I'm sure, was in a drawer somewhere <laughs> at the end of last season. There was a blue guy. It was a blue guy. We don't know who that was yet, but uh, it would make sense. Kree and the Inhumans, that's that's related, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so. and the Kree were introduced in Guardians, and yeah. it's all connected. It's all connected. Anyway, New York other comic book shows that have come out since. Now, Constantine. Let's go there. We'll get to Did the you good watch stuff. Constantine? I haven't watched any television. I know. You're so busy. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know you're busy. It's okay. We're going to tell you all about it. Please do. Now, I am not a big Hellblazer slash Constantine fan, but I have grown to appreciate him in the things that he has been in in D.C., and Vertigo before that. Oral, did you think that this was a successful version of the character in its... Uh... I believe so. They they hit the major points where, you know, he has a checkered past. Um, his allies are also his enemies because they know he's a con man and he can't be trusted. Right. And even when he's going above and beyond putting like all of a city at risk for one person to settle a debt he's willing to dick that person over i really thought that was a brave choice because you're right it establishes the guy is not trustworthy and he is gonna make bad decisions or selfish Mm. decisions um i you know what a lot of it kind of was not predictable predictable but it hit the same beats as that you know another like supernatural procedural would right um but i think it's see i'm i'm hoping that because i don't think it's bad like people were talking uh like like oh so so about it but yeah. like i thought it was a good episode and i like that it's right next to grim yeah it does pair very well i think with them uh-huh and i think those two shows together should be able to weather the storm because you know friday night's on NBC aren't really the the movers and the shakers. No, the, in fact, it's a good TV night for to, to stay alive because um, the ratings expectations are low. Mm. Now, uh, here here's a question: how does it how does it compare to the movie? <laughs> well, you know, I didn't dislike the movie, but it's not it's not Constantine. I, mm. I don't think Keanu Reeves mm. dialed into what you really need to. The actor who played Constantine in this in this uh, pilot. Very much so. I think he was probably the best part of the show. Um, there's also some creepy effects that they did and some other stuff. Now, what's funny about the show is after they shot it, and I think it went to series, the lead actress was either removed or quit. So they are basically going to, 
And and they you saw that at the end how they kind of wrote her off mm. sort of in this odd little bar scene. Yeah. After she had basically just like discovered her powers, is sort of embracing her legacy and like wants to know more about this mystic dark stuff, kind of goes off on her own. And they're like, "Well, she left. Um she she went off to California. She doesn't want anything to do with this." Uh, oh, but she did this map for you. Here you go. And she had like bled all over the map like some kind of weird I don't even she know was what crying. That is. Yeah, Which crying. you know what doesn't really bother me so much because you know like you I didn't particularly care for her character. She was okay, but I I agree. It was sort of a eh. but I guess the new character is uh, the new woman uh female companion whatever is going to be someone from the series. Zed mm. I think is her name. So um so that's a good maybe that's a good choice yeah, so uh, to like, hew more to the series. It's but good. if you get a chance, Jared, it's I think you might enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. It's just, you know, it's it's dark-ish horror-ish uh action adventure. Now, uh on the other hand, Flash, uh, I saw that premiere and actually Oh, well, let's talk about Grimm. Grimm was great. Oh, I, I haven't watched Grimm. Back. So Grimm okay. was good. Grimm's yeah, good. Grimm's good. Um I like the dynamic that they take you cuz you know like the reason why I like Grimm's writing is because it doesn't always give you what you want. It takes you on this odyssey with with it. So, you know, at times it kind of drags on too long, like Juliet's memory loss. But, you know, it, it always really clicks well. But Flash, really upbeat, not as dark as Arrow, which I don't particularly care for. Is it my favorite show of the new, like, crop of shows? No. But, you know, if it's on, I'll watch it. I, uh... I had heard good things, so I had very high expectations. And the only thing that Pat and I, I think, really kind of agreed on is there were moments in that first episode with the the Weather Wizard or whoever, you know, basically the Weather Wizard, where he was running around that tornado. Mm. And it was a little cheesy. You're like, oh. But, I mean, I've known, like, the concept is whatever, because Flash has done that, I'm sure, a million times. But the execution was also a little, like, just, it's TV. You know, you're not expecting big budget and a lot of the other shots, actually, I thought were really good. The shots of him running mm. are pretty believable. Like, they're they're fine. He's amazingly, like, a joyous superhero, which is kind of nice after having things like Arrow, like Gotham, like other ones where it's just kind of dark and you, you become this because of tragedy. I mean, he became the Flash, even though there's the whole mother thing that's kind of driving him, he basically became the Flash through an accident and loves it. Like, he's so empowered to have this like these these superpowers, who do you think? Again, spoilers. Uh, the guy in the wheelchair, Doctor Wells. Who do you think he is? I think he is probably like reverse. I think he's reverse Flash. I feel like I think it's he's Von Thum or uh yeah fuck yeah. I forgot now. But you know that's the that's so that so there's that theory out there which I think probably is the safe bet. Occurred to me though, it could be Barry Allen from the future. Come back to sort of as a like dark killing people, Barry. Well, but look at what's going on in the comics now. Obviously, the comics were written probably after the show had been whatever. But it would be an interesting theory to have like Flash, you know, years from now, kind of go. You know, I need to go back and correct some of the things because that happens all the time in the Flash. Lots of time travel kind of going back and sort of undercover try to like steer his younger self towards a certain thing okay uh, but I mean I think I think it's more probably right now they do have Aabon Thawne or Thrawn or yeah. he's that Eddie guy he's mm. the boyfriend of uh, Iris yeah um, which is interesting now the other thing I'll mention because Pat's not here uh, the guy who plays Iris's dad 
Yes. Uh, also played, I believe, uh, in Rent. He was the first uh, Jesse. Is that? Or is his name is actually Jesse? Tom Collins. Yeah, yeah. He played Tom Collins. That's thing. Yeah. And so uh, he said something at one point during the the episode where it was like, "I'll cover you." And of course, Pat immediately breaks into, "I'll cover you," and all you need to give mm-hmm. is ten thousand kisses or whatever the the Rent song is. And I'm 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 awful. I hate Rent, but go ahead. Oh. Well, okay. I don't hate it. I actually loved it in high school, but I have a, like Pat sings it, and I just go, "Oh yeah, that song." Um, but anyway, so we keep joking of it. He's going to have like a little uh, Puerto Rican drag queen or Puerto Rican transvestite or whatever. Uh, I forgot what Angel was. Mm. Uh, drug addict show up, and they'll have to do something. Anyway, um, I didn't see the third episode, which had what was the oh mist uh, the mist right? Yeah. Uh, but I did see the multiple man one, or what do they call him? Um, multiplex. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of funny. So the way they're doing this is because obviously these villains' names are kind of ridiculous. And so they're not going to be like, I'm the weather wizard. They're not going to do that. So what they have is this one guy in the Star Labs. And his thing is, every time they find a new power... It's Cisco. Oh, it's Cisco? Mm-hmm. Is he a character from the books? Yeah. Or is that the... Oh, okay. He exists. I didn't remember If I'm that. not mistaken, yeah. Um. His thing is cataloging these metahumans. The idea is that this thing that caused the Flash to have his powers happen all over Star City when the was it like the super collider went went crazy and blew up, and so all these people are starting to manifest powers and doing bad things with them. So his thing is to catalog that and give them Central. Oh, Central City. What did I yeah. say? Star City. Oh, Star City. One of those cities. One of those generic cities in DC um, that aren't real cities. Uh, so he gives them the code names. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a nice way to sort of still pay homage to that, yeah. but also twist it in. Now, but it's um, still like Monster of the Week, which, you know, some of my favorite shows do Monsters of the Week. Sure. But, you know, you can only do that so long before you end up like Smallville and people or stop Shield. Watching. Or Shield, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that is a risk. I think the, the joy of the show is pushing us, uh, well, at least the couple of us like who've talked about it through it, but... Um, Overall, it's been good. Now, let's go back to Gotham. We have talked about Gotham before. Um, other than this most recent episode, the one where you had... Um, Viper. Viper, the the, the pre- predecessor to Venom. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually liked that episode okay. But up to that point, I honestly was getting where I thought, I can't watch this anymore. I am just getting... Why? Like, just the characterizations to me are just so ridiculous and either... Either the dialogue's too much, or they're overacting, or the way it's being edited together with montages and other crap. It just felt, it just feels ridiculous. But like, see, I like all of that. You like, do? I, I, you know, everyone's like, you know, Jada Pickett as Fish Mooney mm-hmm. is really like over the top. I'm like, yeah, she is because that is her bravado. I don't, I don't like, mind I like, her. At I all. like the way they choose scenery. Like, I yeah. like. It's Batman for Christ's sake. Right. Like, there's nothing subtle about Batman or any of his, like, it is rogue more, villains. I think it is, they're, they're towing a fine line between sort of grounding it in a sort of more modern whatever, but also doing the more ridiculous things like you're talking about and making it more of a, a cartoony sort of uh, reality-based show. But I just, it's too much for me at times. The other thing is, I don't know that I like constantly going back to Bruce for this and that and everything else. As much as I realize he has to be in the show and there's going to be an element of that. He doesn't have to be. Well, but the way they're doing it, that's a thing. Um, I also just don't know the actor that plays Jim Gordon. His acting style is so odd. Like, he does so much with his face. Like, he'll be standing there and listening to something and he'll be gritting. 
and just like, Grr. and then he'll make some other weird facial expression, and they, that's all he's doing. And it's, I don't know, I'm just but very. He's, he's played. Uh, he was on like Rome, Southland. Yep, he was on yeah, Southland. Yeah, he was also the main character in the OC. Like, oh yeah, way back. Wow, yeah. I forgot about that. Like, I mean, I, he's been there. He's been there. I guess I just it, it it's just it's very not Jim Gordon to me. But mm. that's my thing. Um, the show's doing very well. I did post an article today on the Facebook. Did you see about the, how they painted down one of the stunt uh, women? No, as a as a black, they put blackface. They did like. To she, she might be like supposed to be Fish Mooney, like maybe having a fight scene or something. It hasn't aired yet, but they basically had a white woman come in and stunt double for a black woman. So uh, there's a whole thing on NPR about that. And um, I've got news for you: if you ever have to do blackface to accomplish a goal, you shouldn't do it. Well, right. I mean, it's like in this day and age, it's it's not only is it not only could you do better, but you should do better. Um. Anyway, so Gotham's going on. Uh, those are all the big shows, I think, for comics. Oh, Walking Dead. I, I'm not I'm not watching up. Walking Dead. Move yeah, on. we're moving on. Um, let's talk about Doctor Who. Okay. I mean... Let's make it quick. Oh, my goodness. So, basically, we're up to the end of the season. There's two more episodes that are going to be the two-parter mm-hmm. finale. Uh, I've really enjoyed what I've seen pretty much in every episode... But I also understand why some people probably are not enjoying it. Because the Doctor is not as lovable as he used to be. And I'm fine with that. And I am too, because we're more old school fans of Doctor Who in the old days when the Doctor was quite frankly a dick. Mm. But I'm curious... And Eccleston was a dick. That's what I don't understand. He was. Eccleston was a dick. So here's my theory with this. Well, it's not a theory, but basically I feel that certain episodes emphasize Capaldi's charm a bit more. And so you see more of that Eccleston sort of, he's he's sort of uh, difficult, but he also has that sense of charm and wonder. Mm. Whereas certain writers in this season, they don't quite bring that out as much, and he's just more of a straight-up dick. Uh, that or the characterization that Capaldi's doing, like for whatever reason, is going back and forth. I don't know. But I do think the ones that Moffat's written, listen, the first uh, Deep Breath, I've watched Deep Breath like five or six times now. Every mm. time I watch it, I just really enjoy it more and more. Um, and then um, I think one or maybe the Sherlock or Sherlock the Robin Hood one was also sort of fun. I really like the Robin. He Hood was a one. little more uh, comedic than uh, dickish. Um, but the uh, most recent episodes uh, we had the uh, the forest, mm. which was kind of an interesting concept, and I do like how they're exploring uh, Clara and Danny's relationship. And how basically she's like she's a lion skank. Oh my god, she's totally like running around on him with the doctor, not sexually, of course, but you know, uh, you know, not telling him he's she's going out on his adventures. Um, the mummy episode I really enjoyed. That was very mm-hmm. different, um, and that explored that whole thing too. Kill the moon. I don't think the ending was very satisfying, even though it made sort of a sense, sort of sense. Like you know, the moon is this big egg. A creature hatches out. And then immediately pops out another moon. That's a little... You know what it is? They are exploring the tendency, um, fight or flight, kill or be killed. Okay. Um, and that's what, you know, the forest episode is a mirror of Kill the Moon. Yes. Where you have something that you think is dangerous. Right. And while it may cause you some inconvenience, it doesn't mean it automatically has to die. Right. Sometimes you need to take the higher road in order to grow 
or to be a good person. Yeah. You know, survival of the fittest usually entails branding somebody with a rock. True. Um, in Doctor Who. And sometimes, you like, I really like how they're finally saying, no, you, you can take a risk. You can have hope that things will be better. Right. Because there are chance, times that it will be. So. Well, and I also like that they're exploring the idea of these quote-unquote villains who aren't really villains. They're circumstances, like you're saying. Yeah. And the doctor is not able to just defeat the villain. He has to deal with the situation, or Clara has to deal with the situation with the doctor's help. And I think that's very empowering for her. I think this doctor trusts Clara maybe more explicitly and forces her to do her own thing. Flatliners being probably the best example of that, Mm. when basically the doctor was shrunk down in that little tiny TARDIS. And couldn't do anything but talk to her and kind of guide her through things. She had to make the hard calls, including when he kind of got locked in and couldn't even talk to her. Like, that whole thing was a really cool exploration of what it means to be the doctor from someone who usually is more critical of him. Mm-hmm. So I really, like, this. These, these last few that we've been on, pretty much, I think, since the, the, the bank time heist one. Yeah. All the way through Which now. Which I love. Oh, I love time heist, too. It's, it's a similar thing. And, and that was a little timey-wimey, whatever. It's got that whole gimmick. Um, but overall, I'm just very happy with the season. I think it's going to stand up very strongly. Mm. I'm very excited about Missy. I love everything we've seen, like little teases and stuff about her. Do you... I don't, we may have talked about this, but I have a new theory about who she is. Do you who have do you a, think she is? I think she's Tasha Lem from the church I think she either regenerated or turned into this person or something so because I'm trying to wrap my head around so for, at the, in the night of the doctor or no 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 I know doctor. I know exactly what you're talking about it only well and it could be something like the master it could be something else but they had a relationship obviously her and the doctor okay she's in a position of power being the head of the church to monitor whatever and there is sort of that connection of Moffat sort of like poking fun at the church and or poking fun at, in this case, the nether sphere, heaven. Mm. So I really think that it could be a continuation of that thing um, with the with the doctor, you know, and that's his girlfriend. Now, it could be something completely else. It could be the Ronnie. It could be we've talked about other things. Mm. But that just occurred to me today, and I was like, huh. And you know, if I and I thinking back, they even sound very similar in certain ways. But you know, who knows? We'll see. She could just be a fucking Mary Poppins. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm very excited about that. And then, of course, we'll have to wait until Christmas. Uh, um, other TV was that uh, it? What else? American Horror Story. Yes. Freak now show? I we saw um, the first episode of Rock Bar right after our, our podcast. They uh-huh. had a live thing with drag queens, so I saw the first like half of it with a giant audience, and it was a lot of fun and kind of crazy. But I went back and watched it with Pat kind of separately and quiet. And I'm telling you right now, that thing is, like, he has gone in a whole different freaky direction with this show, mm-hmm. with this series. And I actually got to see the movie Freaks that it's based off yes. of. Have you seen Freaks? I have seen Freaks. Yay! Oh, my God. First of all, that movie's freaky. It's Romeo and Juliet, though. Well, yes. Mm. Archetypal, that's true. Mm. But the fact that they filmed with actual circus performers. And it was banned in Britain at the time. If, uh, our friend Michael said it was still banned. It's still banned? And that's what he Ooh. said. And so okay. they, they've had to edit stuff out. They had to make it a little less crazy, whatever. It was shot in, what, the 30s? Um, I remember 
one scene from from that film that was absolutely terrifying. It was um, I forget the name of the character, but he was the the man with no limbs. Oh yeah, yeah. And he had a, a dagger in his mouth, and he was just undulating <gasps> underneath yes! one of the carts. And I thought that was one of the most holy terrifying shit. scenes. If you have not seen this movie, I'm sure you can find it out there online or or on the uh, Netflix or wherever. I mean, you watch this and you go, this is exactly what inspired... I mean, the culture, obviously, is the culture. Pinheads, they existed. Now we have Pepper uh, and her buddy, who I don't remember the name of. Um, like, all the things are like archetypal almost now from circus culture. and But the Freaks movie specifically, like, not shot for shot, but certain scenes, like the the, the, the banquet table scene where they're singing, like, Google Gobble, Google yes. Gobble, One of yes, Us. Yes, or, yes, like, yes. I, they kind of sort of homage to that. Like it's it was kind of cool seeing that and then knowing knowing kind of where that comes from. I'm also thrilled because Jupiter, Florida, is actually where my father lives, and I spend time throughout the year there. Now, not obviously what it looks like on the show because it looks like Louisiana because it is Louisiana, mm. but it is kind of cool for me to see Florida's history sort of represented in a certain way, just um, as creepy as I remember it. Yeah, really. Um, now, so the the further episodes, and I we I don't care if it spoils or whatever. Um, I know they explored uh, the, the clown more. Uh, what's the clown's name? Twisty. Uh, Twisty. Twisty the clown. Including his freaky face behind the mask thing. Mm. And what's the, the rich kid's name? Oh, Dandy. He's fascinating, I too. I really love that character. There's this character who um, is very privileged. Um, his mother is... Uh, uh, oh, God. Francis uh, Conroy? Yes. Yes. Um, his mother has smothered him all of his life, has spoiled him rotten, and and he dresses like a dandy. Like he's mm-hmm. got the like very like yes. parted hair with the pomade and the little yeah. curl, yeah. Um Patty LaBelle is their maid. <laughs> but he is just so dark and twisted and you know, typical tortures animals mm-hmm. behind like the shed. And he strikes up this kinship with this murderous clown. And it's it's brilliant because, like, the clown looks at him. There's a scene where they're in his playroom. And he is in his 20s. Like, mid-20s. There's no reason why he should have a playroom. <laughs> um, and he storms off on tantrums and such. And so this clown is supposed to entertain him. And, like, he... They look at each other. This clown realizes that this kid has like a darkness in it, in him, and hits him over the head with like a juggling pin and like runs off. And this kid runs off after him, and they proceed to torture, um, captives together. Like yeah. it's really that show is really dark, um, and twisted. But the the trick is, um, Eric doesn't think he can do it this season because really? like the clown creeps him out. Yeah. For me, I watch it in the daytime to take away some of that, like... Like, Coven, I always watched in the dead of night because I, I needed but that. But Coven wasn't that scary. It wasn't, but it could be. Yeah. Um, but with Freak Show, like, I like seeing the, the artistry and the ambiance that yes. they've created. And I think that's why you would enjoy it. Mm. No, it is. It is really cool. Now, we'll see how the storylines hold up, but... um. What do you think about the anachronistic musical choices? Now, yes, they've done this before, but I know some people are really not a fan of Jessica Lange breaking out into a David Bowie song 
20 years before he sang it or a Lana Del Rey song 50 years before she sang like does that bother you or does no, that is it's that a night's tale it's Marie Antoinette right uh like, Baz Luhrmann stuff uh, like Baz yeah. Luhrmann yeah like I I don't mind it at all I actually like that she's just an opium addict yeah and like a legless opium addict yeah everyone's just doing an amazing <laughs> job this season I just feel bad for poor Evan Peters because you know, you know Ryan Murphy wants to have sex with that poor boy. Yes. And he just makes him just like this twisted sexual like object of desire so he's, every he's, season. He's lobster claw boy. Uh-huh. And the very, not the first time you meet him, I think, but like pretty much close to the first time, he's been invited or he's paid to go to this party of women. Mm-hmm. Young, a Tupperware party. A, basically a Tupperware party. And to be the entertainment in that the girls come into the bedroom one by one and he proceeds to double penetrate or do like the whatever and the whatever. Like, man, I don't know. I don't even know about that stuff. Okay. But the shocker. Yeah, the the shocker. shocker. There we yeah. go. Yeah. And like, like that's you just see him joy, joyously, you know, uh, fingering these women. I mean, it was like joyously what? or joylessly. No, joyously. No, he's he gets into it. He's, okay. he's very okay. much into it. Um but no, it's just oh, and of course the two-headed um, Sarah Paulson, mm-hmm. Dot, and somebody. I know Dot's one of them, but uh, oh yeah, Pam, bet? Be- yeah, maybe Bet. Like that's cool because they're totally totally opposite personalities and they're dealing with this thing. Um, and Pepper, I do want to mention because I didn't realize this: the actress that plays Pepper is gorgeous. Like she is legit a beautiful woman, and they transform her into this pinhead. Hmm. And I had no idea. I just thought they found some special needs actress. I mean, I don't know. I didn't know. And finding out more about the culture of the pinheads through the movie Freaks, what I also didn't know is that they used to be men or women, and they treated them all as women because they all had the same outfits. They had gowns Mm -hmm. on. And the reason they did that is because they had diapers. They were so mentally undeveloped that they would just shit themselves like a baby or a, a young child and they'd have to change them. And they're like, well, screw this. We're just going to have them in gowns and just take, you know, to change their diapers or whatever. I'm like, basically, and, and you watch Freaks and you see the one one that's a little more obviously a guy and how they treat him like a girl. And it was this whole gender thing that was kind of interesting mm-hmm. for something back in the, the 30s. You know, um, a friend and I were talking about it. Like he, like, uh, shout out to EJ when you hear this. Um, he is a horror person. Like he has... Um, his like short film 
screening, I think, at Spooky Empire and uh, uh, a film festival. Um, and so horror is his thing. And, like, he is all about this season of American Horror Story. And he and I were actually talking about, uh, like, the seal man and how we find him, like, strangely, like, attractive. Because he's just, like, he's just, like, this, he's this British, oh, yeah, like, yeah. like, guy. And, yeah, he has, like, um, under, yeah, under the form, like, like arms yeah. but he's always wanted to be an actor and he's never been able to get like real work uh-huh. but he's just so like unencumbered by it yeah. and like the way he portrays like this person it's 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 really it's something to behold like yeah. I I I would not be opposed and I will say this we may eventually interview her on her on Dragons and Spandex but every time I see the creepy clown I think of Darcel Lord have mercy. Because Darcel last Halloween, Darcel Stevens is a local drag queen here in Orlando, uh, the uh, sort of host of our drag uh, review at, uh, or female impersonator review at Parliament House. She did a creepy clown costume. She's done it a few times, and I know I've seen it a few times, um, but she did it last Halloween and seriously looked like Twisty. Hmm. Seriously freaky. Oh, anyway. So, um, so American Horror Story is doing great. I mean, yeah. so much good television. I like Selfie. I don't know if you guys like Selfie. I haven't watched it, but I'm loving Blackish. I have not seen Blackish. I heard it's good. Blackish is hilarious. Uh, A to Z, we're watching that. I'm Pat, not watching that. Pat likes that. It's kind of like How I Met Your Mother. He wouldn't agree with this, but I think it is. Uh, not just because it has uh, Miliati as the, the love interest, but there are elements of the humor and all that. Uh, same thing with selfie. There's elements of the humor that's kind of like uh, office related, so I kind of enjoy that. See, and that I'm, I, yeah. I'm, I think I'm out of that phase currently. Yeah, which is why I really like Blackish because Blackish did a, an episode about the nod, uh, which is what like it, it's this thing in like black culture where you don't necessarily have to say hi. But you just kind of when you pass by somebody, you I've done it. Yeah, it's not just black culture. No, 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 no. But it's 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 First of all, don't don't. What you're you're so bad at it. You see him doing it. Well, I've sad. done it to people. I've done but it. It's, it's not it's not like that. Oral, it's a, I understand what you're talking. Yeah, about. it is. It is a. I see you. I acknowledge you. Right. We don't necessarily have to be friends. We don't even need to talk. Yeah. But you and I exist in yeah, this. It's an, it's an acknowledgement. Absolutely, I get that. It's it's show me your. Like, I mean, this is bad for radio. No, it's, no, it's, I, I just want to try to get this. Understand? No, you're not going to get just, it. Sh- sh- let him let him explain, and then uh, I will. Like it's not it's not it's not like just a black thing. It's a it's deeper than an acknowledgement. It is a like an an approval. And no, it's it's uh, it's an authentication. Like you're authentifying each other okay. as like a as this like idea um of like you know okay for example I did the nod at the store this Friday uh-huh. and it was like this guy who you know had like twist in his hair he was you know found out he's a music producer like we really don't have anything in common except for one person uh-huh. and my friend cause you know he like the guy was kind of like I don't want to say like street but like like we both move in different circles. Like he was more like street than I would be. Gotcha. And my friend, who's really protective of me, he's like, like he said hello to you, right? Like he he didn't disrespect you or anything. I'm like, no, we we did the nod. And he's like, 
I'm like, you know the nod. He's like, yeah, no, I know the nod. It's like, okay. he did the nod. Like, it's deeper than so it's just saying, like, hey, what's up? It's, I got you. Okay, we see each other. I got you. We are here. I got you. Well, all right. That's cool. So, yeah, watch Blackish. It's hilarious. I do like Lawrence Fishburne. And Tracy Ellis Ross is in it. Um, they they are, everyone's really great. I really like that premise of a series. What are the else television ones? There's, no, there's probably other it. shows that we're watching. I just can't think of it. Eh, um, whatever. whatever. Uh, let's do. I'm not. I'm not digging once. I will say that once the season is killing me. Is it's too? Um, it's frozen. It's beat for beat frozen. Yeah, that's kind of what I heard. Now uh, let's do some gay news. And actually, we have some user questions. Okay. I solicited them earlier today, and we got a few. Uh, but I want to talk about the Pope. The Pope. Actually, it's not just the Pope. It's the Catholic Church. Yeah. Okay, Jared, you can tell me about. Oh well, no, it's not, I, I, I didn't really follow this up too much. It's just um, you know, it's it's Pope Francis's attempt to try to to be a little more of a progressive pope. Yep. Um, but uh, knowing how the Catholic Church is, you know, a couple thousand years of uh, uh, darkness, bafflement, and hunger is not going to change anyone's <laughs> mind. <laughs> well, so he put this. Uh, he and I guess his sort of administration, if you will put forward these like more progressive things about gays and was well, like not just gays but it's also people who get divorced because right. uh what was there was an episode about not uh giving communion to people who are divorced and they're trying to make their church experience their church more accessible to everyone regardless of your lifestyle your choices your your nature or whatever originally it was the universal faith and i'm doing air quotes there no exactly <laughs> exactly and and he is doing what i mean i obviously agree with this you guys are like the british empire thought the sun would never set until it did <laughs> <laughs> well the synod which is like the sort of pope parliament or the catholic parliament uh, basically uh watered it down i think basically they left in wording to the extent that uh discrimination against gay people is to be avoided in quotes um, and then I didn't see the part about the divorce thing, but similarly, like mm. just softening it. So it's not like we will accept you into our ranks as much as we won't stone you or persecute you in any way, shape or form. That stoning is a joke, of course, but you know, <laughs> I mean, no, I'm until it right. makes a comeback like <laughs> bell bottom. Oh God. It already has in some parts of the country or some parts of the world rather. Um, so anyway, I applaud Pope Francis for doing this and I, I hope that he does not give up the fight. Uh, and continues to uh, try to get us some more recognition and, and better treatment. Now, uh, that's all our gay news. Well, uh, no. What, what? Do you have a big... Um, I, 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 more states are moving towards marriage equality. Domino effect, yeah. Mm-hmm. Supreme are, Court doesn't give a crap anymore. The Supreme Court did say <laughs> they are not ruling on this. Uh, our bitch of a attorney general here in Florida said she is still Bondi. having the stay of marriages because otherwise we could probably go out right now if we wanted to. It's coming. I'm not ready for this. I thought I had another, like, two years. Not that I don't think that we should all enjoy marriage equality, but once marriage equality comes, Jared, you and I have no excuse. Oh, I'm working on it. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that goes, especially how this election goes. If she goes away, then maybe it'll help uh, with that. But, don't forget the vote. And I voted today. It's on my other shirt. Oh, I got to do that. Yeah, I got to do that voting. on Friday. Early voting. Now, uh, we did have some user questions. I solicited these earlier. I'm very happy we got some response. They are from friends of ours, basically people who we do like and talk to, uh, who interact with us a lot on the show. I don't know what Facebook you're talking about. These are totally anonymous users. So, no, they're not. Oh, are they supposed to be anonymous? Nah. I don't know. They're not supposed to be anonymous. Because <laughs> they're, they're not really questions that are like, you know. That. Once again, you're really bad at PR. <laughs> what are you talking it's about? It's just like, 
These are people I had to beg for questions. <laughs> I solicited. I didn't beg. It's a difference. No, I wanted them. To, I wanted. I wanted to have questions. I wanted to have real questions, not ones we made up. Not that we've ever done that before, of course. Um, so this, I'm sure our friend Steve Mowry actually asked about television. So we were talking about that, and he's saying, "What is the biggest uh, surprise, biggest disappointment, and best show?" And he lists all the shows that are out there. If I had to pick one, honestly, and not that it's really a surprise, but my favorite is Agents of Shield. And it is surprising in the sense that it's come a long way. Um, disappointment, I think Gotham to me is a disappointment. Um, I didn't have very high expectations for Constantine, and certainly Flash has been great. So I am disappointed in what I'm seeing in Gotham. See, and I'm the reverse. Uh, if we're just going to use those three, because I've already talked about episodes, like shows I really like. You know what? Actually, my biggest surprise was Blackish, because sometimes things like that don't work. Um, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I caught up with it today. Um, I'm not disappointed in Flash. I just, there's a, there's a, a sort of Pollyanna-esque, um, feel to it. And I'm just not a fan of CW series anymore well, because they're just beat for beat predictable. They are. They really are. Um, and so that that's what I would say. And Flash does suffer from that a little bit. I agree. Now, uh, our friend Joel Bradshaw actually had another question for us. And it was about, uh, and this actually ties to comics. Um, if you are reading and buying a series that you are starting to dislike, but you're reading for a particular character slash writer slash artist, what should be the final nail in the coffin to drop it? And I actually really like this question because there have been certain books that I've recently considered dropping. Mm. Uh, some I actually have gone ahead and dropped. Some I am only buying because my boyfriend is currently reading them. Um, others I just am not yet ready to let go uh, of either the character, the writer, or the artist, or whatever. Mm. Um, but I think what is a good telltale, in my opinion, is if you are buying the books but not excited to read them. And I don't just mean because you got like a stack and you know you have to kind of parse yeah. through the stack. I mean the books sit in a stack somewhere in your collection, possibly for up to weeks until you get around to them. And that to me, t I think, is a good indication, at least one, of you probably should just drop the book. You can go read it later in trades or digital or whatever, Go find the back issues. A lot of stores still have Support them. your local comic book store. Of course, definitely. But, I mean, I think if it is something that you are not excited about reading, I don't know that you should continue reading it. Now, you may feel an obligation to your store. You may feel an obligation to the artist, the writer. You may feel an obligation to the character. You don't want to see the book get canceled. Those are fine, and if that's your choice, be conscious of that choice. But I really do think if you're not excited about something, and it's a longer term, like it's not just this issue. It's like been a few issues. That's the time you should probably drop it. I, um, it's weird because, like, I don't buy books anymore. Like, I read everything, but I don't buy books because, uh, like, I am on the other side of the industry. Yeah, you don't need to. Yeah. Um, however, I, I always tell people, like, like you said, if you're not enjoying a book, don't, don't, yeah. don't buy it. Uh, I will say this don't just take the book out of your pool and then bury it somewhere <laughs> on the shelf, you sons of bitches. Just tell us. We'll cancel you from the right, series. Right. That makes more sense. 
let us know you don't want it yeah and we will take care of it for you i've never done this but got? when we find an ep- like an issue of a book that only three people read and i'm not gonna be able to sell that pisses us off oh sure that's not the question you asked but it's the question the answer i'm gonna give you cancel your shit keep your list updated it, it is actually useful and i need to remind myself sometimes because there are don't just put it back i I don't do that anymore but we could we could actually or in the instance where we could actually use that issue but we're not going to take it from you because you know you read it yeah and then we find it on the shelf and then your boss rips you a new one because he's got eight issues of larflees and we can only sell three of them people still buy that nobody knows larflees is canceled it's over um so that was a good question now jared do you have any opinion on this uh pass yeah <laughs> but this this one you might well, oh well just to go back like i you, you guys know my taste in comics so really if if the art draws me i will get it but otherwise i'd like have no other interest in series yeah outside of that so you're not following you're not following characters you're not following <laughs> writers even as much but definitely artists i i think like the only comic book series i like actively class comics well, that's outside that's of the... That's a whole publisher. Yeah. Um, no, like, uh, I think the series Helheim, um, I, I got the entire run, yeah. like the first issue uh, series, but I found out they continued when I went to the comic shop the other day, so I might just oh. have to pick that back up. Oh, yeah, no, we can get that for you. Okay. Uh, this one you also may have. In fact, I'll let you leave with this one. Okay. Uh, how do you deal with exes? Can you be friends, or is it best to cut all ties... And pretend okay. the other does um, not exist. Okay. So I've had three ex-boyfriends in my life. Um, first one wasn't that long. I, okay. So I would I would quantify this by how long the relationship was. If it was just a few months, I think you can sever the ties and still kind of be friendly with each other. Um, you know, try to forgive each other's shortcomings. But um if you spent a good portion of your life with that person, chances are you might have to cut all ties entirely. I don't know what you're talking about. Now, um, <laughs> Oral, do you have any? Oh no, no, I've had the same experiences too. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Have you had any? Uh... Yes, he did. Oh, okay. I, oh, we're talking about me now. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> um, this is a. <laughs> This is an interesting question for me because I haven't really been in many situations where that was an option, uh, which is coded wording for I, I don't really have that many ex-boyfriends because I've never really had that many boyfriends to begin with. Not to say that I haven't been around. Like, I've, I've dated people. Dated. I've dated people, and, and I've dated people too. But, yes. um, but it it depends. Like I, I don't think people have to be nasty, um, when they break up. You can say, "Hey, this isn't working," and then go your separate ways and not stay in touch. But you, you know, you leave each other better than you found each other. Um, if it's not working out, it's not working out. Um, what I don't like to see um is the like breakup to makeup sort of thing where we're broken up and so every once in a while in the dead of night i'm gonna text you and then you're gonna come over and we're gonna like watch a movie rumpy bumpy 
Yeah. <laughs> Drink a lot of wine. Oh. Feel hollow on the inside. I'm not speaking from experience. Let's move on. <laughs> well, I will say I've had exactly one ex in my life. And uh, the good news is, even though we had a very... Is that why he's such a bad gay man? <laughs> uh, we did have a very rocky breakup, even though I think I was trying to keep it from getting too rocky and whatever. Uh, I think in my own way. I think that uh, we are now in a place where I can, in fact, we have had numerous civil conversations, certainly. In fact, I don't think there's actually even been any sort of would, like, real drama. Would you anything. say you're, you're friends again? I would not go so far as to say friends, okay, and only so. because uh, we are not on Facebook as friends, and that is potentially one measure. However... I, you know, like I said, I, I we have a house together still. We have animals that uh, are yeah, still Yeah, that's that's another component. The ties if, that bind if, you. If there's property involved, if there's children involved, things get a lot dicier yes. and harder to sever ties from. So we have not uh, severed by any means, uh, but I, I do feel that it has actually also forced us to find a place where we can sort of coexist. So I not mean, not in that house. That's for damn sure. Oh, shit. We learned that the hard way, didn't we? Uh, I, you know what? I will say this. Um, what also helps is when one party or both parties already have a significant other. Yes. Because it kind of eases yes. the, 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 the pain mm-hmm. of loss. Um, I mean, we, we we could wax poetic about this this of whole discussion. Course, no, but. Of course, Matt think, garbage. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> um, it, it is. It is. Uh, it is a great question, though. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of gay men, they don't have good role models for this. No. Uh, some may from other friends that have had breakups. I had actually a lot of friends. Not a lot. I had several friends who had broken up, mostly who had coexisted. Uh, we actually kind of have some really good friends that all still live together, sort of. I mean, it's kind of an odd thing, but it, it seemed to work. And then I also have other friends who it was like, you know, World War Three. So it goes, it cuts both ways. But um, that's it. thank you, Joel, and thank you, Steve, for asking some good questions. We have, as always, an opportunity every show to answer these questions, and I think they can be kind of fun. Wasn't there another question? I don't think so. Those are the three. I think did I miss one? You said Joel and Steve. Yeah. Oh, well, Joel had two. Ah, okay. And Steve had okay. one. Um, so please, if you have questions for us, uh, you can contact any of us at flameonshow.com. We're all on Facebook. We're all on Twitter. Well, we're we're mostly on Twitter or Tumblr. Uh, Jared T. What's that? Said something with a T. Yeah, Jared's. Uh, what, what are you? What are you? You're, you're on Tumblr now, right? I'm, I no? have Tumblrs. Yes. What's your Tumblr? I forgot. Uh, it's Guytunist. I post my stuff on there, but I also have a Dev blog where I post my school stuff on there. But I really and some really awesome art that oh. um, not only have we enjoyed seeing your stuff in the album art over the years, but especially recently you've been doing a lot of kind of cool. I don't know what's the inspiration for these projects, but they're just kind of a grade. Oh, is it for school? Okay, I wasn't sure. Some of them are obvious, like that's probably what they are. Others not. Um, but yeah, please reach out to us and, and and follow us on Tumblr, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. Let us know if you have any other questions, or anything you'd like to see us cover, and we will do so. P.S. Jared, I love your re envisioning uh, Frankenstein again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Each and every time you do it, it gets better and better. Yeah, no, yeah, and they're yeah. all good and kind of cool in different ways. So yeah. I do like that too. Thank you. Um, now let's move on to comics. The time on our show when good night. Yep, Jared takes a nap. Um, first of all, I want to say that um, 
If you have not checked out Burn the Orphanage, uh, they did just wrap their second arc. Uh, Cena did say that they are coming back for a third arc eventually, but probably not right away. Um, but it is it is a fun series if you like old school video game characters, if you like bears, because of course it's prominently featuring our favorite character, Bear, the hirsute, burly uh, fighter friend of the main character, Rock. Um, Image-wise, I have been really enjoying... Uh, well... Sex Criminals is on hiatus, I believe. No, it came back a couple weeks ago. I didn't get it. You should have. Is it Pat? Eight. Eight. Eight's the last one that came out. Are you fucking kidding me? I haven't seen it since like five or six, maybe. What the? I don't know. Um, well, okay, so that's probably really good, I assume. You've been reading it? No. no. It's just, it's not my thing. Oh. I don't knock it. It's just not my thing. Um, the, uh... The Hickman stuff, of course. Uh, East meets West. East of West. Oh, East of West. East, mm-hmm. East meets West. That's a, a cooking show. Uh, and probably some other show. Uh, and then Manhattan Projects. Both have been doing pretty well. I've yeah. been enjoying both. Um, Ryan Brown's awesome. God, he's astronauts. I think we're up to issue, like, three Three came come out, like, next week, maybe? Yeah. Um, love it. I'm just so thrilled. If you if you don't know about it, and we've talked we talked to Ryan Brown on a previous episode, so you hopefully go back and check that out. But I mean, it is bizarre, crazy humor, and it's actually got like this cool little three D gimmick. So if you have three D glasses, you can kind of pick it up. And there's this like sort of uh, breaking the fourth wall character, three D cowboy, and he you know says some zany stuff. It's just it's just a fun book. It's really a joyful, very random humor. If you like Adventure Time, if you like all those kind of newer. Cartoon Network type shows that do that kind of comedy. It's 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 like that, and and but with good references from like eighties stuff mm. too. Um, Deadly Class. Yep, I'm, I love Deadly Class. That just came. That had a little hiatus, but that yeah. just came back. Yeah, uh, Rick Remender's book is really super solid. Um, I still enjoy his um, Black Science. Love Black Science. However, sometimes I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's a little crazy. Well, it's because it's a parallel worlds hopping no it's not thing. even just that it's and, and i love the colors don't uh-huh. get me wrong i love the art and i love the colors okay but sometimes the characters look the same they look the same and you can't differentiate who's who but i think that's like a slight failing of the art and the writing together mm-hmm. because it's such it moves at such a breakneck speed mm-hmm. Um, that you're just like, I don't, I don't understand what's happening. It is a very fast-paced book, but the Sclera art is really amazing. Yeah, no. But I know what you're saying. There are times where I'm a little like, wait, who's this? Um, uh, Low is also the other book that he's doing that is fascinating and very, like, lots of nudity, lots of yeah. sex. Um, but set in this far future world where Earth's dying and the sun is about to consume it. And they finally find a, a possible potential world to go explore. And it's this mom and her, like deadbeat worthless piece of shit son and they've lost the daughters and they're off you know probably having pirate adventures we're, we're not sure um but that that's a great book too um yeah there's just some really fun stuff coming out of image um oh, wicked and divine i haven't read the most recent issue oh, you but sure? i heard it's got quite a, a twist in it yes it does uh some characters that you don't expect to go away go away Mm-hmm. And uh, others are elevated, if you will. Um, but that book is just—I mean, not only is McKelvey's art gorgeous, 
but um, Kieran's story sort of reminds me a little bit of it uh, of his Loki stuff, and he's exploring sort of what it means to be divine, and yet yeah. also not bad or good or whatever those labels mean, but sort of sort of your own thing, kind of doing your own rules for your mm-hmm. own game and all that stuff. Uh, so that's fascinating to me. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I haven't really kept up with. Like, there's been a few new. Im- oh, um, the the Miller one, Starlight. Starlight finished up. That finished up really strong. Um, it's not your traditional Miller book. No, it's not. But it's you know like a like a I'm Flash Gordon and I'm retiring. Basically, yeah. And like that's fine. It's cute. I liked it. I will say this: it is the last time I read a letters page from Miller. Why? Mark Miller. Like he is he's just a pomp he comes across as this pompous ass and I know he's doing it yeah. to to give himself a sense of bravado and people clamor for his stuff. But I just think he's a terrible writer for readers. Like he just he for example, he's like, hey, Jupiter's legacy, don't think I forgot Frank Quiley is he he says the word uh, words Forrest Gump slow when it comes to producing but we're going to give him a, a long break in January like the end of the year so he can catch up on volume 2 get a head start but while he's doing all of this I'm actually writing another series a maxi series like a prequel series a prequel series yeah. to, to Jupiter's Legacy when he hasn't finished volume 1 right it's been over a year, almost, and there's only four issues. Yeah, that's awful. I, I, well, and quietly is quietly is well known for having these kind of problems. Yeah, no, and I, I you totally can't do get a monthly it. book and all this other stuff. But as a independent comics creator, I think you have to realize this, and especially if it is a known thing, and plan accordingly, like you said. And at least in this case, he has a a way to bridge the gap keep Jupiter's legacy out there in people's mind by doing this other series but no that's the other series no, finish your goddamn well, series no, I don't think, see, but they're not mutually exclusive I'm sure he is going to do that I don't think he's done is, is volume one four issues no it's not done so there's gonna be like two more before two more this issues, other thing even happens but it's been like four months since the other one came out yeah. like as a retailer it's a really shitty thing to do because right. no, I agree. But like, we'll be able to sell kind of on his name, but a lot of our customers are so soured on him. I've had people just say, "Take me off that fucking book. I'm done." Sure. Like it's just, it's just not, it's not a cool way to be a creator. Yeah. And to put things out for your fans when you just you're like eh I'll get to it when I get to it it'll come out eventually yeah. here's 80 other things that I'm doing but not getting a second artist to fill in well I mean he did it with War Heroes and Tony Daniel way back and that just stopped and never came back I'm not I'm not I'm you know? not I'm not about that man I'm not I just don't know that it's Miller's fault entirely that's all but you know what you can't always blame the artist but no but in I mean Quiley's yes yes case, it's Frank Quiley I get that I get it but there are things that you can do to mitigate this, and he's not. And he's just he he is just so nonchalant 
Yeah. About his deadlines and his promises. In other books, yeah, no, he definitely has. Yeah, that's had. that's my thing. It's he like, has this had. is indicative I, of I agree. I agree with that. My issue with him as a writer. I got you. No, no, no. That's 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 and you're right. He doesn't admit to any of it. He's just whatever, yeah. I I, I got you. Um I'm not keeping up with um uh what's it called? The space book saga. You should be. Well, I'm 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 doing that in trades. I, oh, I guess that's yeah. how I've been doing it. But I mean, it, I I heard from the little things I have heard, it is doing uh, some very brave things with their main characters, mm-hmm. including like um, sort of you know making them kind of not as fallible. Nice. Yeah, they're, fallible. They're fallible. Yeah. So that's that's always kind of a brave choice, and I'm I'm happy to hear that. Southern Bastards. I don't know if we talked about the way it ended, Whoa. but holy shit, I was surprised to say the least but i am thrilled that they're going to basically continue the series with yeah. this daughter character yeah so not only are you having this awesome like exploration of small town in the south and all the good things and bad things about it but you're bringing in this strong woman i think she's a marine mm-hmm. and her she, her father got killed and she's gonna come in and clean house and like rough some people up i mean that's that's pretty sweet Jason Aaron is doing at least then now two books with a strong female character. If if Thor is going to keep, it'll be fine. I, I mean, I think uh, I think that'll be good. But I'm really thrilled that he's doing that. Um, I don't know what other image books there were that were. Well, it doesn't just have to be image. But no, no, no like, but yeah, and indie. We're, we're kind of yeah, sticking Edward to that. Edward Scissorhands came out. <gasps> if you it. like that, yep, very that's excited. Great. Fraggle Rock is really cute. Yes, um, and. Having not watched anything Fraggle Rock in probably like a decade and I a half. I forgot the whole thing, yeah. Um, all of that just came flooding back exactly. to me, including the voices. Oh. Um, really enjoying that. Birthright came out. Yeah, was that um, pretty good? That was great. I can't wait for the second issue. It should be coming out in a week. Okay. Um, but the biggest uh, book that, indie, uh, indie book that I read that I thoroughly enjoyed actually came out the same time as Birthright, um, which is, you know, like, kid gets whisked away, da-da-da, we talked about it before, was The Chilling Tales of Sabrina. Oh, the yes, that came Afterlife out. Afterlife with Archie spinoff. Yeah, 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 Did you read it? Uh, no. I don't even think I got... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, anyway. It no. is... Dark. So dark, and I <laughs> love every minute of it. If you miss Coven... <laughs> You need to read this book because it takes place in the 1950s and 60s. And you have Sabrina's father and his sisters, her aunts. And they are a coven of witches right? who, on occasion, summon Satan. Like, it is a, it's true witches don't think they can only float half familiars four horsemen of the apocalypse like dark fucked up magics and it it is really it is great and the art is fantastic it's i don't remember the, who the artist is but it's very much in the same spirit as afterlife with archie with the francovilla francovilla art yeah. style it's that sort of somni francovilla very yeah uh, i don't know it's not sketchy but it's almost painterly at times like it's it's just like a neat style i really yes, like it. i like that book is just the the dark take on it the twisted take i love that they said it in the 50s people were thinking it was like going to relate to the stuff that they showed no. in the last afterlife with archie where basically sabrina is the bride of cthulhu 
Uh, but it's not. It's it's like you said. It's placed in the fifties, mm-hmm. which is even better because it juxtaposes it against the very sort of conservative, sort of Christian, mm-hmm. you know, culture. Like which is what I love. It's yeah. like it's like if Sam Rockwell paintings could be inverted uh-huh. like a cross or a pentagram. That is what this book is. <laughs> I love it. Now, since you said the magic words. Let's talk about Axis. Let's move on to some Marvel comics. Okay. Um, we've had three issues. I'm tired of getting dragged through the mud. Oh, honey, yeah, that's true. I forgot about I'm that. I'm so sick and tired of Scarlet Witch well, just being a plot point. Her powers are a little. Character. They are chaos magic. Yeah, and I it's know. in the name. I know. So Axis is basically the Red Skull uh, as onslaught, sort of gets reborn into this onslaught entity because Magneto kills him. And is systematically trying to destroy all mutants and then unify the human race in his new, whatever, Forever Reich or whatever he calls it. The Eternal Reich. Eternal yeah. Reich, yeah. Uh, and he um, has these sentinels that somehow Tony Stark evidently in some drunken or forget he forgot or whatever. like Make a fever dream. Yeah, made these like uh, amazing sentinels that are just going to take out any superpowered good guy. Because they're not just Sentinels, the Adamantium Sentinels. That's right, they're Adamantium too. And they're and they're only looking for good guys because that's mm-hmm. all he's worried about. So of course, what happens, sort of forever evil style, I will admit, they get the bad guys to come fight Onslaught. Magneto goes and recruits Hobgoblin, Jack-O-Lantern, Jack-O-Lantern. Dr. Doom. Well, Remender's going to put that in yeah, there. Yeah, I know. Loki, Loki. Enchantress. Yep. Uh, Sabretooth. Dead, Deadpool. Deadpool. Um, Mystique. Yep. And brings them all, and like, basically they take on uh, um, Red Skull, and they stop them. They actually, the third issue in, they stop them. But there's a cost, and whether it's because of the Red Skull's mental power still having some effect, or possibly because of this inversion spell that uh, Strange and, and Wanda cooked up, that's not it? No, was... yes, they, they came up with the idea initially. But they didn't actually do it. But them together didn't actually do it. Uh, it was just Wanda. It, no, it wasn't just Wanda. Okay. It was... Have you not read this? Um, I read... I, I may have just been confused. It's Wanda and Doom. Oh, oh, that's right, because they take out Strange. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So Wanda and Doom do this, and possibly causes what seems to be the next chapter called Inversion. Uh, where we see the X-Men, basically Cyclops and, and Havoc are back sort of on good terms, and they all go off to, I guess, sort of have their own thing. Uh, oh, they also, what, they, they instantly uh, age up uh, Kid Apocalypse to be kind of like a younger, like pre-teenage Apocalypse. I don't know what is what he's actually going to look like, but um, sort of setting up that they're going to go off and just kind of do their own thing, and Almost setting up sort of another X Men versus Avengers situation. Mm. Um, I've read the I've read the the next issue. Um, are you enjoying it? I, I am because like it's an event with Scarlet Witch in it, right? Like, I pretty set, pretty center stage for yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. Um, I mean it's it's all right. Um, we it, it hasn't done much yet, right? Or you don't know where it's going to go because, yeah. like, they had this fight and now it's over and the Red Skull's under in captivity. But yeah, it, it's a lot. It, a lot gets kind of moved around in that piece. 
But let's talk about the Avengers stuff that I'm really enjoying. Yes. Avengers and New Avengers. Well, and this is interesting because uh, Avengers and New Avengers have moved up eight months later. So they are effectively showing you what the state of the Marvel Universe will, will be in eight months. Or, or well, now we're at seven months. Yeah, because time runs out. Because time runs out and we get Secret Wars. Um, but the uh, the stuff that's interesting are the things they sort of refer to. We know, of course, the Illuminati, or Illumina- the, the good Illuminati are off doing whatever. The bad Illuminati are like trying to. I don't don't try to make that a thing. It is it's a thing. The Illuminati it's totally the a thing. It's, it's, I didn't even make stuff a thing. But yeah, the Cabal, they're sort of front and center actually trying to say, look, we're doing this. We're, we're up front with you guys. We're killing universes to keep y'all alive. And you should thank us and whatever. Um, but like, uh, there's also an allusion to the fact that there's like this X nation out there. Like this entity that is, I guess, the X-Men forming their own country, mm. which is also kind of, a, I think, a Age of Apocalypse story, wasn't there? X-Nation or something in that. Um, what else? Uh, they've sent Thor, uh, the unworthy Thor, whatever that, whatever he's calling Odin's himself. Son. Yeah, Odin's son. And uh, Hyperion, his, his bro, his best bro, uh, and a couple other people off into this portal and I don't know where the hell they're going, but evidently they're not coming back. This is like a one-way ticket to try to fix whatever crazy shit's happening in the multiverse that's, like, causing all the incursions. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. is kind of, like, running the nation's security, kind of, like, almost police state style. Blackwater-esque. Yeah. Um, I, I was relieved when they showed Susan was actually... Still, you know, her and her husband are still on good terms. Finally, they're not at each other's throats. Yeah, and that Reed has a point this time. Well, I, I think Hickman's. I, I know Hickman cares a lot about those characters. Having yeah. spent so much time with them and t- telling their story, so I was relieved, but not entirely surprised when he brought them sort of back around and mm. showed that they were, you know, still in love and, and they're on the same side. Um, I don't know what else is crazy in that. I mean, it's good stuff. I like that he's sort of slowly kind of piecing things out. I don't like the fact that old Cap, kind of a dick. And Cap's always been a dick. I guess I don't see it as often, maybe, for, I don't know, whatever reason. You know why? Because when you have the moral high ground and Uh, you're punching out a Nazi, totally makes sense. Yeah. When you have the moral high, when, when you claim to have the moral high ground and you're not out there saving the world, just bossing people around. Right. Like, it's just... So, you, like, little management corrupts the best people. Yeah. yeah I got you. Um, but no, it's it's um, it's um, not like the stuff he's been doing, but it is an extension of the stuff he's been doing. And now that the big reveal from Marvel uh, Publishing, of course, is that after time runs out, we are going to have us a big old crazy Marvel crisis. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be Secret Wars, and it's going to have... Years of Future Past... All the big events that Marvel's ever done. We're going back to House of M. Like, and I don't know if this this is just going to be like one-off, kind of like multiversity style uh, issues where they're like one-off, one-shot things about this universe is where this happened and this Mm. universe. But the idea is, I believe, basically what DC has done in their previous crisis events, having the multi... We saw the, the Alex Ross poster. Yeah. All these different Marvel characters from time way back to now to recent and they're all colliding and they're all going to get together and have this brawl of some kind 
And I'm guessing after that happens, you're going to have some reshuffling of continuity. Now, I don't think it's going to be like like DC's normal where, you know, you punch the universe's walls and suddenly so-and-so is alive. But I do think it's going to give them an opportunity to sort of clear the deck and reboot things. I don't think it's going to be a reboot. But not not like like they've done reboots in the past. Yeah. Soft reboots is what they call it. Um, But it's exciting. It's really interesting to see that coming. And around the same time, DC is doing their crazy event, too. So they're going to have their own big old something crisis, maybe, in like that same time frame. And they have certainly, people have said they might be rebooting certain things, too. Mm. So next spring into summer, it's going to be kind of an interesting time in comics. And it's either going to be a great jumping on point or a great jumping off point. If you're just like, you know what, I've ridden this roller coaster all too far. I'm good to stop. Um, something that I've thoroughly looked forward to, um, Spider-Verse, all of the Edge of Spider-Verse stuff has been interesting. Yeah. Um, I read the first issue of The Amazing Spider-Verse number one. Uh-huh. Fantastic. Yeah. It's really good. I, I, and if the prequel stuff and that stuff is that great, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't wait to see how it plays out. Excuse me. But everyone's in it. Everyone is in it. Of course. Um, Gwen, uh, the Spider-Woman Gwen, whatever, she's getting her own something coming up. Uh, that's going to be cool. Yeah. Um, Spider-Girl, Mayday Parker shows up. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man Noir, uh, which I actually just read that second volume today. Um, that's great. It's just it's a really cool premise. Uh-huh. I like where it's going, and I think everyone's going to enjoy it for the most part. Now, uh, I am sad to say, we did find out that uh, one of my favorite books, She-Hulk, has been canceled. Yeah. And uh, the good news is, Soul, Charles Soule is the writer for it. Not only did he have just an amazing issue recently with Cap and Daredevil and uh-huh. this whole thing where Cap was on trial for killing somebody, and Daredevil and She-Hulk were the two attorneys like going back and forth, um, but they are going to get to finish the story that he originally had pitched. So it'll be a 12-issue arc, so it'll be a good story and and what i really actually have been finding out is it's a good like all ages female men like everybody it's it's just it's sort of a it's an empowering book and it takes the she-hulk character who's always been a lawyer but we've never really seen what that means and this actually really explores that in a way that is not just kind of dry but there are moments where you're a little like well what is this this is a lawyer thing but it's actually really entertaining. Some people don't like the art style. I think the art's kind of different, and I like it. Um, but uh, I am sad to see it go, and I'm hoping that maybe with whatever Charles Soule's new projects are, other than like the Wolverines, Wolverines. and all that stuff, um, like he'll find a way to bring her into it, or, or she'll have another chance. Now, how is the... We we did get through the death of Wolverine. Death of Wolverine was fine. I, I enjoyed I it. Read it. I haven't read any of the extra stuff. It's um, fine. Let's just move on. Wolverine's dead. I'm glad. The way they killed him is kind of funny, though. I admit. I mean, basically, kind of covering him in adamantium, and he just sort of either suffocates or sort of just slows down and just comes to a stop. And now he's a fucking statue. Yeah, like that's interesting, and certainly gives ample opportunity or ways to bring him back. But, um, what else is Marvel doing? that's exciting. I think we covered all the bases. All right. Um, oh, X-Books, real quick. Uh, Uncanny, fun, uh, last will and testament of Charles Xavier, kind of shitting on Xavier's legacy a little bit, but you know what? The guy wasn't perfect. He's done no. some bad stuff. 
all all new X Men doing their doing their multiverse hopping thing over in the the new the uh, Ultimate Universe. That's fun. Mm. X Factor's been great. It is tying into Axis, but it's still a fun book, and I'm sad to see that end as well. Uh, X Force. Eh, I'm not a big fan of what they're doing, but X Men. Like I choke down. Uh, yeah, that's one of the ones I'm like. Oh, that's that's pretty. Although much. they're bringing on um, the chick who writes uh, the amazing, and that's not part of the title, Miss Marvel, uh, G Willow Wilson, and I love Miss Marvel. I think that's one of the most original, interesting books that Marvel's putting out, and I'm very excited to read her take on the X Men. I will actually make sure that I follow that. Uh, moving on to DC. I'm really enjoying Godhead event because I'm a New Gods nut. Um, it wasn't enough to keep me. No, I'm I'm just gonna read it in a trade when it eventually. And comes that's out fine. I think that'll make that'll make sense too. Uh, but they are formally like, and here's the New Gods and all their glory and all their problems and all their everything. Like they are really pushing that in this, and it's kind of cool. But you know, I will say this: having read that first, like Godhead Part One, and like Green Lantern, like one. It it didn't really dawn on me that when they say, you know, like, extra dimensional, like, they mean there's only one set of new gods. Right. And that's they, it. They actually made this, they clarified this on, or like, Earth 2 or some earlier book. Um, and it is interesting because unlike everybody else where there is, like, all these different copies, all these whatever's running around, they are unique. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool. I, I yeah. really kind of like, that's new. I mean, I don't, they don't, they don't think they ever had, like, multiple universe versions of them. But the way DC is doing their multiverse thing now, it is kind of cool. Uh, Multiversity, the new issue. Did you read the third one? Yeah, with, the, with all the legacy books. I, I, I've liked all three, but I love that issue because they're characters that you know or extensions of characters that you are familiar with in the DC universe. They are very, it's very much a satire of kind of political, or not political, of current like culture, selfies, you know, the me generation, millennials, whatever. There's a lot there you can kind of hang on to. And it also sort of moves the story of the cursed comic along a little bit. Mm. So you get a little, excuse me, more insight into what that is. Now, I still don't understand it completely. I have some theories. We talked a little bit, I think, on this show and over on Comic Book Bears about this. But I'm very much a fan of what they're doing. They're fun little one-offs. You can pick them up independently. You do not have to read the whole thing. But I think at the end it will be a cool story. Um, Superman, the new Superman uh, from Jeff Johns was kind of good. Uh, yeah. I don't know where the hell this thing's going. They're doing this thing with Ulysses, this sort of Superman-like character who, you know, is learning his powers and he doesn't agree with Superman. It's kind of like what Superman, um, what's the other book that they've had? Um, the other... Uh, Superman Unchained. Thank you. Uh, it's It's got, like, echoes of that, and I think that's just unintentional. Um, but it is interesting to see Superman explore his own sort of ideology by having another character who is similar but distinct and then how they sort of do things differently and this guy of course he's like fuck it you want to come to earth or whatever dimension i'm i was you know raised in here we go come on over i'll take however many of you or whatever and like six million yeah i was like what that kind of came out of nowhere okay and you know i know everyone's not a big fan of jr jr's art mm-hmm but certain things like that, it is kind of cool and very Kirby-esque. So I, I really get excited by that. Um, Justice League and Batman are phenomenal. Yes, I agree with both. I'm very excited by the new in-game thing with basically the Joker controlling the Justice League. 
like whatever that means, that's going to be kind of insane. And it already is because you've got every single one of them going after Batman rapid fire and Batman takes care of himself pretty well. Yeah. But Superman, of course, is going to be the big challenge because it's always the challenge. And it's going to be interesting to see that once he figures out a way to stop that, what happens next? Because, you know, there's something else. Mm. Um, The. uh, What else is there in D.C. right now? Uh, I'm not reading any of the weekly books. Are they keeping up with those? Eternal's still really good. Right. Um, It has its misses sometimes. Uh, They spun a book out of that. um, Arkham Manor. How is that? It's good. The only issue is is that it it takes place after the events of Batman Eternal 30. Right. Which is next week. You know, when we are taping. Which is actually like Wednesday. This upcoming Wednesday. But it's a weekly series. I don't know why they just didn't push that book back. Like, just, uh, like, a week. Like, I've told people, like, it's a really great issue. Don't read it. Well, Endgame wait, takes wait place for... after Eternal. Yeah, but that's different. Mm-hmm. Like, it was... Oh, I see what you're saying, because the plot point that sets up why that's there yeah. doesn't happen until this coming one. Exactly. I gotcha, we can just I gotcha. know that, you know, Batman Eternal has ended. Right. You know, the status quo is kind of back, but a little changed. Right. This one was, oh, you know, this happened. Or, like, when the did this happen? I mean, basically, oh, it hasn't happened. The yet. city like in, in, like claimed uh, Wayne Manor for whatever reason, and they turned it in. Apparently, Bruce is destitute. Oh yeah, that part yeah. Of it? Like apparently, he wasted all the money uh, doing something. But I was just like, and Arkham's gone, right? Arkham but gets all of this happens destroyed. a week. Yeah, in a week, you couldn't wait a week. Yeah, that sucks. What about? Have you been reading the uh, the future Future's End? Future's End. I'm reading. I'm just don't. It's. It it spent so much time wasting our time, yeah. and I'm still reading it. But it's one of those books where, if I was paying for it, I wouldn't be reading. Well, it. I I stop because as much as I am curious what they're doing, I'm not that curious to follow it week to week. Mm. Uh, same thing with Earth Two. I love Earth Two as a book. World's End, no, is great. Is it? Yeah, that mm. those issues have been nothing but jam packed action. Okay, and it catches you up up on everything you ever need to know about Earth Two. Okay. So, so you could just read that and yeah. not, not read Earth 2 and be fine huh. for the most part. And I mean, it is interesting to see that these three weeklies are going to all kind of dovetail in some way or at least end around the same time uh, when they're doing their big event coming up. So mm-hmm. that'll be curious to see how that plays into everything. Um, I feel like there's another DC book that I'm, I'm totally leaving off. Like it's like an obvious choice. Swamp Thing? I haven't keeping up, but I want to go back and catch up. I heard they're, you should. I heard they're like a popcorn Swamp Thing. It's not popcorn. Oh, someone said it was popcorn swamp. No, it's it's like Charles Soul is really great because like in in one like sentence he completely expanded his universe or yeah. something. And so we realized they're not just three kingdoms. There are like five of them. Uh-huh. One being fungus, which technically isn't a plant, right? Um, and then technology or something. And then technology counts as one of them, right? Yeah, because I saw in that that the the, what's the month long thing? Futures in. Yeah, it's like they fungus, did that. It's bacteria. Yeah, that was kind of um, cool. And technology. So they're like six kingdoms. So. And sometimes kingdoms like create themselves. Uh huh. Like they get to a point they where emerge. they become. Yeah, yeah, they emerge. And it's been that's been great. Wonder Woman is is about to wrap up. Yeah, it's wrapping up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, an amazing run. Can't wait to go back and read all of it yeah. in one sitting. Um. 
sad to see what happens after. Like, sad to see them go. Right. I'm going to give the Finches, you know... A chance. A chance, but... Yeah. From what I could tell... Ooh, I did want to mention this before I forgot. Terry Gross had an interview with a woman who wrote a book about Wonder Woman. I was listening to it on my way And I have the book, and I've been reading the book, and I want you all to go out and check this interview out. I forgot the author's name, but I actually might reach out to her and see if she'll be on an upcoming show, because... Marston or Marston? I always confuse him with uh, the guy who played Spike. Marston? Uh, Marston, I think. Uh, a man was a mess. A fascinating, glorious mess. But you dig into some of the stuff he was doing in the original incarnation of Wonder Woman with the submission to uh, benevolent authority of women and how the book was to prepare us for the subjugation of men by women. Like... It's a fascinating thing to find out about this, what led into Wonder Woman. The man had a wife and a mistress. Yep. And they all lived together. They lived together for the rest of their lives Mm -hmm. after he died. Like a happy family. It's amazing. It's fascinating. Anyway, um, any other DC books? Uh, I feel like that's the big stuff. That's pretty much it. I think we're... Has the Harley Quinn book with the scratch sniff pot stick come out? That comes out out this week. I kind of... I'm not... Because I know what pot smells like. It's disgusting. But I am kind of like enjoying some of the crazy stuff that Harley Quinn's doing, and I understand it's doing very well, it sells yeah. very well, and I'm I'm very happy because Amanda Connor, and not on art, but just doing like covers and writing it, and she's she's killing. Um, so again, those are all our books. If you have any ones you would like to make sure we mention in the future, or you want to recommend to us, please let us know on Facebook or Twitter. I'm always looking for new indie books. Yes, to read. someday profit will come back, and we'll all be happy and. You'll get caught up on the crazy space mm. nonsense that is profit. Um, that's pretty much all we have. Uh, again, uh, Flame On Show on Facebook, Flame On Podcast on Twitter, uh, and Flame On Show pretty much on everything else. Tumblr. Uh, we have a Tumblr that is somewhat active depending on what we're up to. I'll post stuff. I'll, re- I'll reblog or reshare stuff. Uh, we, If you go back in this feed from one, one issue from before now, you'll see the sign of Gra- a scene of Grace interview. And then if you're catching up, hopefully after this, you will find the Ben de la Creme issue or episode rather. Um, and then after that, we got some other fun stuff lining up. Um, but I don't want to spoil it yet until it's, uh, until it's ready. Okay. But it's going to be fun. And we are going to have Dragon's new spandex, not just with uh, Ben de la Creme, but we're going to have some live or, or in-house recorded stuff. Woo! Soon. Woo! Possibly people that Oral is excited to talk I'm so to. I'm excited. Um, and some other some other excitement. So uh, again, thank you for listening. And uh, Jared, if you would do the honors oh God, oh, go of signing us off in whatever what? way you feel best. Fuck off. <laughs> all right. Good night. The house is dark, and you're all alone. There's a noise upstairs. Top of the stairs. There's a door, and you take a deep breath. Try it. There's a tattered dress and a feeling.
Thanks for listening to Flame On, a podcast made possible by Powder Milk Biscuits, the ones in the blue box, a comic shop, and the generous support of tops and bottoms like you. If you want to be one of our sugar daddies, you can help out by telling a cute single friend about us, reviewing us on iTunes, or putting some dollars down our digital G-string in our monthly support drive. For more ridiculously entertaining and socially enlightening episodes of Flame On, as well as other fine programs, head on over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to Flame On and all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via iTunes. And be sure to find us on Twitter at Flame On Podcast or Facebook on our Flame On fan page. And make sure to check out flameonshow.com for more nerdy queer in your ear. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 